Welcome back to another episode of Growth Marketers Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Rowe. Today, we had a guest on our podcast. His name is Alex Galou. He is actually the CEO and co-founder of a company called Sight, which is actually an interesting a new technology that allows customers to, in real time, video chat, live chat with a, a sales rep in that sales process. And we at Growth Marketers and at 1IMS are always looking for innovative ways to create a better inbound buying experience for our customers and for our clients' customers. And so if you're internally trying to adapt any sort of sales and marketing alignment, you're trying to improve that inbound buying experience, you're trying to increase that what we call speed to lead, because there's tons of statistics with Alex share some of them with us, tons of statistics around what happens when you increase that speed to lead in terms of your close ratio. So a lot of great insight that he shared, and he also shared more information around what his software, what his tool and technology does, and some of the services that they offer as an organization. So please Give us a like, a subscribe to the podcast. If this is your first time, please come back, share the podcast with a friend or a colleague that might enjoy this message. And let's dive right in. Welcome back, everybody. We're joined by a guest today, Alex Gulu. He is the CEO of a company called Eleven Site. Before we jump in, Alex, please give us a an overview of your company and a little bit of background on who you are, because then they have a, an interesting backstory. First of all, thanks for having me on One IMS Growth Marketers Podcast. So my background is I'm originally from Istanbul, Turkey, came to US, did my undergrad at MIT, PhD Berkeley, but was not quite academically minded. So my career evolved as that of a serial entrepreneur. Eleven mm-hmm. site, the current company, is the third one that I'm doing. In fact. My co-founder of this company is the same co-founder I had in the first one. And then typically the companies we do focus on changes in the marketplace, mm-hmm. changes in technology, and then looking at opportunities, new technologies generate in sort of reframing problems and solving problems and creating value. And that was like the core, like our back in the 90s, in our PhD, we worked on automated cars, automated highways. It was mm-hmm. evident to us that it was still not quite ready for prime time. So we moved on and we had the entrepreneurship bug. So back in 98, we created our first startup. That was SMS applications for wireless handsets. Now, if you imagine that the Motorola StarTac, the flip phone was the most advanced phone, Netscape was new. That was sort of bleeding edge of what else can you do on this little device that you have in yeah. your hand. That company we ultimately sold to a competitor. The idea was you would tell us what you're interested in and we would send you messages with your stock prices, team results, horoscopes, et cetera. Second company was in the, uh, in today's parlay, we were an IoT company in the cloud. So we used RFID, Farah, my co-founder being more technical, we did it separately, built an RFID chip that was location capable. I built off the shelf technology specifically to solve a supply chain problem named the yard management. And he sold his company to Maxim Integrated and mine was ultimately acquired in 2020 in a roll up by Excel KKR for 50 million. This company, again, we observed in our lives that we could do a, a lot more if we spent more time online in meetings with people. 
And I myself have traveled quite a bit just to do a one hour meeting in Chicago, burning two days. So we knew that video meetings were actually going to become a reality to address that problem. We all use Skype, WhatsApp, FaceTime. So two friends were talking already in video. Mm -hmm. But what we realized is that if a prospect wants to reach a business, there is a lot of friction today. And I mean, speed to lead is a main focus. I was recently watching a video, I think it was by Chili Piper that said, if you get back to a lead within the first five minutes of them filling out a form, it's nine times more likely that you're going to close the deal. We are like, why not just cut cut that time down to zero? If you Mm -hmm. think about it, in the 80s, the sales guy would be sitting in an office, suit and tie, phone Mm -hmm. would ring and he or she would answer. So we invented technology, forms, internet, et cetera, and yet it now takes four or five days before that meeting takes place, sometimes days before the company gets back to the prospect. We said, okay, so there is a problem there. How can we change this? Is it possible with one click for a prospect to reach the business? Now, clearly, when we first conceived this, the technology wasn't quite ready for that. That became possible. In parallel, we observed other things. So there are several shifts taking place. One is the company's website is no longer the single source of truth about a company. You do things on LinkedIn, G2, Captera, everywhere. Mm. And really, yeah, you could try to channel all the traffic to the website, but not, why not just channel it to a conversation with somebody from the company that can talk to the prospect understand their problem, start the relationship right there and then with one click from anywhere on the web. Yeah. Because the additional element of the shift that's taking place is that pretty much about any product you want to buy, there is plenty of information out out there. So prospects or customers don't call to figure out what do you guys do? It's like, yeah. I'm educated. I know what I want. I have shortlisted. There are two, three people I'm talking to to solve this problem. Either you're going to help me or I'm going to go to your competitor. The alternative is I'm just not going to solve this. Like last yeah. year around late, early December, we said, hey, we are all 1099 employees. Do we want to establish a payroll? I reached out to Paychex, Trinet, and ADP. By the time ADP and Paychex got back to me, I then checked with Trinet. Now, had mm-hmm. Trinet not reacted fast enough, I would have just postponed that entire transition for another year. So I wouldn't even solve that problem. There are other things that you build in the company. So you bring all of that together. We said, okay, so what the problem we want to solve is time to lead, speed to lead, accelerated revenues, improved lead conversion, so that you don't have a 30 plus percent loss rate right at the top of the funnel because barely 70% show up to scheduled meetings. Yeah. So that's how 11 site was born. Yeah, it's definitely an innovative product uh, and a new spin on, like you said, solving that problem of, of speed to lead. As marketers, right, listening to this, we know how difficult it is to get in front of our audience to educate them the right person the right time as you mentioned it's no longer just our websites all of our web properties is third-party review sites it's we have to do everything we can to get someone interested in our Mm -hmm. our product and if 
we are not aligned with our sales team and say, like you said, they fill out the form and then we try to make them adapt our process, right? We're doing everything on the marketing side to adapt to how our customers make purchase decisions, give them all the information, give them the power, let them, like you said, complete their research online. And when they're ready to talk to us, they reach out. As we as salespeople, well, okay, well, schedule a meeting with me. I'll send an SDR to call you and try to qualify you and basically start the whole process over. It's going to cause, as you said, friction and really frustration. And exactly what you said, I see a lot of our clients that we worked with, we've personally experienced it. If you don't get to them fast enough, if you don't adapt to or adhere to their sales process and what the customer is looking for, they'll just simply move on, right? There's so many other people that they could work with, other vendors. Even if you have the superior solution or product, they might be so, I would say, almost offended by that sales process that they'll just move on. Or as you said, probably the biggest loss is just to inaction. So solving that problem is first kind of a philosophical problem, right? As an organization, Mm -hmm. we have to say, okay, we're going to adapt completely to this inbound buying experience, best in class, solve for our customer. And then what does that look like? And I'm intrigued by this idea of, well, what if we just had a button on our website that somebody could click and then real time, you know, having a a basically a FaceTime or a face-to-face discussion. So how does that work tactically? How does that work in terms of adopting into a sales process and integrating into a tech stack? What does that look like? So that's actually a very good question because as I said, we want the prospect be able to come in from anywhere. So Mm -hmm. on your own website, clearly there is more you can do. You can put the button, the button expands and so forth. But what we have really done is we have reduced the digital communication identity of an individual, of a team, of a product to a URL. As a URL, you can put that on G2, on Captera, on your LinkedIn postings. And we are our first customer because we do some amount of product-led growth. We have some enterprise customers. So anytime a customer wants to reach us, we answer the call. So the way the tech, there are elements of it that the technology greatly simplifies. And then, yes, there are some elements in the processes that you need to implement to be willing to answer the call in real time. So I'll address both elements. Within the product, we have a lot of capabilities of when a call comes in, ringing multiple people, knowing which salesperson is available, which one is already on a call and not ringing them. We have escalation. So if the first three people that don't answer, you then escalate to a manager who answers for that. So all of that enables us to do this intelligent routing of the call to the most suitable available salesperson. Hmm. Now, the second tier of that is wherever the call is coming from, we have the ability to get the call context and present it to the person answering the call oh, this was a Facebook campaign, this was a given conference where we ran a special. So we can present the salesperson with a script that they need to follow. Hmm. In fact, on that first inbound call, it's a lot less about telling the caller about your company. It's a lot more about asking the caller, okay, who are you? What kind of problem you have? What are the outstanding questions you have? Because mm-hmm. chances are, if you hear those, you can then say, okay, let me schedule the right meeting with the account executive for you or the product specialist for you that actually is a subject matter expert in your domain. Yeah. Now, 
it also depends on the type of sales cycle you have, right? So I'm definitely advocating connecting with the customer ASAP, but mm -hmm. there are some areas where this has <clears throat> diminishing value. If this is like a nine month sales cycle, yes, being able not to lose that top of the funnel and immediate connection is good. But if there's gonna be an RFI, RFP that's gonna be sent out anyway, you will get it and you will get into the process. But if this is a high velocity sale, if two, three meetings actually result in a sales under 30 days, maybe yeah. you are actually a product-led growth company. So the product leads, the prospect comes to your website, the get on that first call, maybe just eliminate whatever objection you find and say, hey, just sign up for the free trial, get into the system. Yeah. So there is the call script, there is the meeting get that you specify. Now, of course, we also integrate with the CRM. So the caller, you have the ability to pop up a short form, get name, email address. That email address tells us a lot more about the person calling. And the call notes that you took goes back into the CRM. We are integrated with HubSpot, which then kicks off any workflow that you have already defined. So essentially the same workflow that the customer would fill out the form, you are filling it in com combination with them, but you are actually creating that legitimacy and trust already on that first meeting by sort of nailing the meeting. Now, yeah. side notes, couple side notes. One is obviously if you have like an entirely commoditized product, $17 t-shirt, mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Let them just buy it themselves. They don't want to talk to you. You don't want to talk to them, right? Sure. The other is we also understand that not all companies at this moment are quite as geared to answering those incoming calls. So yeah. we layered in a new service where we are saying, hey, we can work with you. And we can also answer those calls on your behalf. Because okay. what we have seen by working with our customers is that on that first call, you are not really selling and giving a demo. It's a lot more really understanding what the prospect wants and then determine the next steps and basically get the process going today yeah. as opposed to five days from now. Yep. Absolutely. And really, like you said, I mean, sometimes the prospect just wants to be heard and acknowledged. And then, as you mentioned, you can tailor that at the next conversation to somebody who's an expert in yeah. whatever problem they're trying to solve. I'm curious. I mean, you know, obviously we talk about the buying process has changed and this is a yeah. big step in that, you know, we're talking about this initial connection, right? And there's a good use case for this. Have you seen customers applying this in other areas throughout the sales process. A couple examples could be, you mentioned product-led sales. So upsell, get them on the trial first. Then, you know, in-app, you click on this, I can talk to a support rep right away, or I can try to, you know, upgrade. I want to upgrade on and talk to somebody, no problem. Or customer service further down the line. Like, have you seen that? Or do you see that as a trend, as, as a possible application for something like this? Yeah, I mean, so clearly we have conceived our platform as a customer engagement platform. So mm -hmm. you can start with the sales, but if you, especially if you have recurring business for right. a high-valued customer, every monthly renewal <laughs> is a new booking. So yep. the mindset then needs to be, and there was an article by Saster about this, that when the phone rings, pick it up. Don't think that just because the customer has given you a credit card on your product that they can't cancel. So when they call yep. in, have a conversation that 
five-minute conversation, 10-minute conversation may make all the difference and getting a new customer is far more expensive than mm. making sure you don't lose an existing customer. And sure. as I look at our, I mean, at, at our customer base, clearly they have told us that a video initiated interaction is three times more likely to result in a sale than any other internet lead. Other things are the customer satisfaction definitely goes up. Mm -hmm. So the other thing is like when we first roll this out, the company is typically not quite ready to answer every call. So call answer rates start at 17, 20% if we aren't involved in answering, but yeah. then it very quickly climbs to 80% because they realize that, okay, so when He's somebody calls with video, <laughs> that's actually is the ultimate qualifying step. Right? Yeah. Nobody is going to give you a video call, especially in a B2B setting, because they just want to talk to you. It's like yeah. they are ready. They have the problem now. The board chewed their ass and they have to do something now about the problem. Until two weeks from now, there is another problem that they are going to basically be yelled at about and they're going to forget about this. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And so I was actually going to ask, you know, what are you recommending right now? You mentioned, you know, these companies that are initially adapting, probably not, they're not ready. They're not set up to answer these calls. Are we as, you know, as buyers, are we ready? Are we ready to jump on a video call at any given time? And I know obviously a lot of people are working from home. So are you recommending that, you know, people have more options where they could call in, they could send in a form and then they also could do a video call. Like what are you seeing in terms of trends of what CTA, if you will, are people actually clicking on? Hey, thanks for listening. Solomon here. Are you frustrated because you're not getting enough inbound leads? You're worried that the leads that you're getting are not qualified? Or maybe you're disappointed in the conversion rate from the leads to customers, right? It's really, really low. Well, I got good news for you. I talk to business owners every single day. You're not alone, all right? Business go through this. When there is a lack of strategy sometimes, uh, maybe the approach isn't appropriate for your situation, or sometimes you got all of those things right, but it was just poor execution. I'll tell you what, head over to oneims.com and fill out one of our forms, talk to one of our consultants. That's all we do. We talk to business owners day in and day out. Share with us your challenges and see if we're a fit, right? See if we can find you a solution to your growing pains. You know, our hope here at OneIMS, and especially with this podcast, is to give you the tools, the technology, the ideas, the strategies, everything we possibly can for you to succeed. All right. So thank you for listening. And let's get back to our topic for the day. I mean, I think the key thing to do is to give people options. Give mm -hmm. the prospect the option. They can initiate an audio call. Mm -hmm. Right. Same thing. They can initiate a video call. They can schedule a meeting or they can do a text chat. Right. If you mm -hmm. come to our website, 11site.com, we'll give you all of those choices. And then those who really intend to buy will most likely give you a video call. I mean, we yeah. have implemented this at our customers' websites. And again, you see a good 50% of people actually come with a video call. The key thing is, no, your phone doesn't ring off the hook unless you run a lot of traffic to your website. Right. So sure. side note. Clearly, what you guys do, which is doing mm -hmm. inbound marketing, making mm -hmm. sure there is a lot of content out there, running campaigns, and making that call to action is, hey, you could schedule a meeting, you could schedule a demo, download a form, or call us. 
we'll talk yeah. to you, we'll understand your problem. Yeah. You give them the options, the ones who call you are the ones you are actually gonna close. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I mean, it's with any conversion tactic, if you will, like you need quality traffic to the website for this to work. And actually the better job you do of creating that valuable content, the better job you do of letting the prospect get further along in the sales process, the more need that you have for something like this, because as you mentioned, this is a like, hey, we're ready to make a move, right? If I'm ready to do a video call with you, I've done my research. I'm not asking, you know, a very top of the funnel question. So the more that you're adopting inbound marketing, probably the more you need something like this to streamline that process. I'm curious too, and maybe you don't have data on this, but maybe even if it's just from kind of gut instinct, but how have you seen this impact the overall conversion rate? Because I could also see scenario because this is something so new and unique that even if I wasn't maybe ready to fill out the form today, if like you said, I'm trying to create a short list of three, four companies and I come across a, a company that's offering to live video chat me right now, I might be just intrigued enough on what that entails to click on that, even if I wasn't going to fill out the form till tomorrow. So have you seen the conversion rates overall increase? So, Um, I mean, we have seen it ourselves because last year we sold our solution on AppSumo. Mm -hmm. And now it's sort of intertwined, right? We are selling the video call solution and the call Mm -hmm. to action in all the documentation is just call us. Yeah, yeah. So they want to see exactly so how it Whenever works, they right? basically clicked and then one of us answers, their jaw drops and it's like, oh, this is how it works. I didn't have to download anything. I yeah. didn't need to be on your, I didn't need to be your friend or limited to an iPhone or WhatsApp and so forth. You guys can actually do this. So, wow, I need to do this for my customers. Yeah. Yeah. And that's interesting because, you know, overall, you know, when you talk about, you know, demand generation and, and you're, you're kind of creating a new product category, uh, really you are. Um, and so overall, what you would hope to see is over the long run, this is the process everyone adapts, which, yes. you know, obviously that benefits you. But initially I could see this becoming a competitive advantage and in, in having some other benefits that maybe you might not think of when you first implement this as a sales organization yeah. is, wow, this is the type of customer experience I get from the very first interaction, right? This is the type of technologically advanced organization I'm working with. Philosophy of, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. I could see customers, like you said, lighting up and getting excited. It's like, wow, this is something unique. Like, I want to, you know, hear these guys out. And you might get a little bit of an advantage just from having something very unique and very frictionless in terms of that onboarding experience, if you will. Definitely. I mean, it's funny that we all have our buying experiences. We mm-hmm. hate AI chatbots. We hate mm-hmm. that we can't get to anybody, especially yeah. in support. It's like, who knows who I'm texting to is texting with seven people. And I paid a thousand, two thousand $2,000 for this product. Or even before I spend, will I even get support down the line for this? Right. Mm-hmm. And then it's the same people when you become the VP of sales or the VP of marketing, somehow you forget the pain that you yourself suffer <laughs> and yeah. you want to do this process that's throughput optimized because that's what the company is geared to today. So yeah. to ease that pain, we are offering, hey, we will answer some of those calls for you, mm-hmm. but you are absolutely right that there is no company that has enough revenues. The revenues mm-hmm. always have to go up. <laughs> To get that, you need more leads so that you can close. And there is no company that has enough leads. I mean, sometimes people say, oh, we have too many leads, we can't follow. 
That's never true because if you really have qualified leads that are ready to buy, you will find a way to follow up and close those. So marketing has this problem. They get yelled at, hey, I need more qualified leads. And we saw this. I mean, earlier I was asking you, I was telling you how we came up with this idea because this was our experience in our companies too, that marketing would always be yelled at for not generating enough leads and sales would be yelled at for not following up on those leads fast enough. Mm -hmm. So we solve that problem with instant connection. Absolutely. Um, And, you know, we've talked about uh, maybe SaaS companies as one example. So uh, what companies do you see? Obviously, you know, they're tech companies, so they're typically going to be the first to adapt uh, a technology Mm -hmm. like this. But what industries do you see this being a good fit? Is there certain size of organization, as you mentioned, that's better structured um, for this or certain type of product that they're selling? Uh, Where do you see this being adapted, at least initially? So our initial target segments is companies 25 to 500 people so that they are flexible, they can make these moves, changes faster, but we do have much, much larger companies that we are working with. The key thing that sort of defines our ICP is short sales cycles, 30 days or less, one or two people are gonna make a decision. This is not like five VPs have to bless before the board votes on it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm gonna buy, a accounting software. I need to decide between Pilot and Zeni.ai, right? I'm going to make that actually chances are as the CEO, CFO, you're going to make that decision and it's done, right? Or Mm -hmm. I'm going to buy a car. I'm going to buy a refrigerator or a TV. So this does apply in B2C as well. And we have a lot of customers in B2C as well that have applied this because Mm -hmm. that end customers, there's a much larger number of them. Clearly, there are different personas. Not everybody wants to start with the video call. Maybe they do still want to go to the store, but the pandemic changed all of that, right? Yeah. We saw people couldn't go to the store. So bringing the showroom to the living room of the customer became important. And then, of course, bringing your conference room to the customer's conference room. So it's really the sales cycle. Customer's value must be bigger than like $1,000, ACV because otherwise you can't afford having a video call. I recognize that the most expensive portion of this is not our technology, not our service, but the cost of doing that meeting. Yeah. And if it's the $17 t-shirt, you better hope that they're going to buy it themselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I want to shift gears a little bit and, and talk about, um, you know, wh- what your kind of marketing strategy looks like. As I mentioned earlier, you you are breaking into a new product category. So you have to simultaneously educate the customers and the prospects on this problem around speed to lead and sales yes. to marketing alignment and best you know customer experience, and then also introduce this solution, right? So, you know, I, I wouldn't imagine that, you know, when you started this company and maybe even today, uh, there was a ton of people going to Google and searching for a real-time video chat, you know, inbound lead handling software, right? Like that that demand didn't exist because people, you know, weren't thinking about it. So as a disruptor, as an innovator, um, what does your marketing strategy look like? How did you start off? How has that evolved? So, I mean, we were a little bit ahead of our time. So we started in 2016 with yeah. this idea before technology was even possible. So yeah. in 2019, we are thinking, okay, the world is not quite ready for this. Mm-hmm. Should we slow down, maybe not implement every feature? 
only like in March of 2020 to say, Oops, little did you we know. wish we had the product <laughs> ready now. Yeah. Right. So we really started in 2020. And I mean, this calendar year, it's amazing how much we hear the speed to lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saster postings, a lot of LinkedIn postings, people complaining that, oh, I requested a demo. It's three days. I still haven't heard anything from these guys. And yeah. articles that basically, I mean, the Chili Piper video that says if you answer in the first five minutes, nine times more likely to answer. Other companies qualified that sort of looks at customer behavior and almost says, oh, you should get in front of this guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you imagine if you're an SDR, BDR, you are making outbound calls, maybe there is some dialer that's dialing for you. Mm-hmm. Do you want to really? piss off a hundred people by calling them to find that one person or let that one or two people who have that buying intent come to you and talk to them. Right. Right. I mean, it's funny, but in automotive, the sales guys at the dealership know that if somebody walks into the dealership, that's a good prospect. There is a good chance, 50, 50 chance that guy is going to buy a car. Right. right, and the same thing applies for all of the technology companies online, right? Mm-hmm. If they are just hovering on your website, they are still educating themselves. Mm-hmm. The moment they click that video button is going to be the indication they walked into your building to buy something. Right. Now right. they want to touch you and see who you are and say, "Hey, tell me more, and I'll yeah. tell you what my needs are." And then if there is a match. The decision is made, maybe one more meeting and you close the deal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what sort of tactics or, you know, strategies have you employed to to try to create some awareness around yes, that? I mean, uh, so obviously, you're the, doing something yes. like this podcast, right? Yeah, so, this podcast, I, yeah. I did not answer the question directly, <laughs> I guess. So these podcasts, I mean, clearly, that's one of them. Getting help from the market is one. Uh, email campaigns publishing on LinkedIn, the success stories of our customers. It is an education process. And then initially the service of, we will answer calls on your behalf was not part of our vision because we thought we did this and our customers are doing this, they are successful, why should you not? But then what we discovered is that if we offer this, I can close the sales today as opposed to in three, four months when they have retooled their internal processes. Right. Right. So it's basically also listening to the customer, understanding what the main objection is, and then giving them the solution, giving them the value of, all right, we'll collectively help you see that these leads are valuable because what we, as I said, one customer, 17% answer rate, or many customers start over there. And then it grows to 70, 80 because they know that those calls are actually revenue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you mentioned, you know, other companies that are, um, you know, kind of pushing this idea and this narrative of speed to lead, you know, Chili Piper being one of them. Uh, how do you look at other tools like that? I mean, do you look at a, a Chili Piper as a, a competitor? Do you look at it as, uh, as you said earlier, another just another good option to kind of integrate into your sales process? Um, how do you how do you see the market today in this category? I mean, the market is evolving and opportunity. The market size is so huge because 
I mean, worldwide, imagine how many salespeople there are that could have what we call an E-line, how many sales team there are that can be an E-line that they can jointly serve. So we are excited about any company that's in this space talking about that. I mean, a lot of companies out there do calendaring and Mm -hmm. do different types of Calendly does calendaring, HubSpot Mm -hmm. does, Chili Piper does. But then why not give that same prospect as part of the calendaring the option of talk now, let them self-select, right? I'm going to bring a couple other people into that meeting. It's a more complex thing. I'm going to schedule a meeting or no, I know everything I need to know. It's just that I need to talk to them. now. Yeah. The other thing is that the pressure on the salesperson in a scheduled meeting is significantly higher than, right. than that extemporaneous incoming call. Because if yeah. the prospect has scheduled a meeting with me, I better have my PowerPoint with the customer's logo in it and all of sure. that. And I should know everything about the customer. I should put an hour in pre- preparing for that meeting, knowing fairly well that there's only a 70 or 60% chance they are going to show up for that. Yeah. But if there's an extemporaneous call, I couldn't know the customer. Of course, all I'm going to do in that first call is getting to know my customer in the dialogue as opposed to letting them fill out the form. And the customer yeah. will be a lot more receptive and using my skills, I can get a lot more information from the customer to schedule to that to schedule that next meeting if needed, for which the prep is already done. Yeah. Or if the get is sign up with our on, on the free trial, then I can just drive that to that get. And I don't even need to be a product expert to do either one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I see a tremendous opportunity for something like this in a, a number of different applications. Um, certainly, it's going to take some time probably to, to move past that, like you said, sales process right into other areas. And probably some businesses are going to be slower to adapt uh, than like a SaaS company or something like that. Um, but we we ask ourselves and, you know, I, I pose the question a lot on this podcast and to our 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 customers as well. And we're kind of designing this inbound buying experience like, you know, what would this look like if it were perfect? Right. And you could pretty much say for any company, um, well, a perfect scenario would be at any point in time, whether it's the first time they've heard from us or they've been a customer for 10 years, mm-hmm. if they could at a click of a button, have a face to face meeting uh, for any industry. Right. You know, software, sure, support. But imagine even a, you know, a large uh you know, a manufacturer of agricultural equipment, right? Exactly. If some, if someone's on a farm and they click on a button on their phone and they can say, hey, I got a problem with this or can you, you know, come out and service this rather than having to schedule a meeting, have someone drive all the way out there, look at something that could have taken two minutes on a, a video call to fix, right? Yeah. An electrician could do the same thing, a plumber. I mean, there's so many different applications. Again, some of these things are going to take longer to adapt. But if you again ask yourself that question in every aspect of your business, like how would we best support our customers? To me, trying to implement something like this in baby steps would be a no-brainer. Um, and the sales process is always a great place to start because, as you mentioned, uh, nobody has too much business or too much revenue. Yeah, and I mean exactly that. And clearly, some businesses are more entrenched and uh, others are more visionary. They are always t- trying to grow their business as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. So those are the ones who will adapt. I mean, early on, we talked to a lot of people. 
And I mean, one of the more, uh, we tried to take this to B2C. It's like, okay, so I, I go to this uh, bakery shop to buy cakes and mm-hmm. I would like to call them and they can show me which cake that they have. Can I see them before I come in and I'll place the order? And I talked to, to one of them and she said, I bake 200 cakes, I sell 200 cakes a day. You want my cake, you come into my store. Right. Mm-hmm. So she has no ambition of growing the revenues. It's a set flatline sure. business. Right. You want to have a flatline business, continue doing what you have been doing. Apparently it's working. Yeah. You want your revenues to go up or you see a dip and you want to prevent the dip, you need to do something different. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um well, yeah, this has been, you know, extremely uh, insightful. Um, I do appreciate you you coming on the podcast here. Uh, one great thing about, um, you know, your product is if if people want to see it, as you mentioned, they can uh, they can kind of see it in, in real time by experiencing it themselves. So um, if you guys are interested in this, the website is 11site.com and 11 is the number 11. So 11site.com. Um, anywhere else, Alex, that you, you'd want somebody to, to go? Yeah, I mean, definitely um, LearnSite.com is a perfect place to go. You can also find us on LinkedIn and G2 Captera. But the other thing is, like, if anybody who has listened to this podcast has some questions, wants to talk to me or something I said resonated, they want to <coughs> share a story with mm-hmm. me, by all means, go to the website, call them. Mm-hmm. Tell whoever answers on our team, it might be me, but mm-hmm. maybe somebody else that you have talked to me, you have seen me on Taylor's podcast or listened mm-hmm. to it, and they can transfer that call live to me. That's another capability in the product that if this, if the opportunity is correct, you can easily transfer the call to somebody else. I would love to talk to your audience more directly, hear from yeah. their experiences. And then if they come to the website, Signing up, no credit card required, two weeks, give give the product a try and give us a call. Tell us more about how you intend to use it, what challenges you have, and we'll solve all of that for you. Yeah, very cool. And yeah, we, we obviously, we've talked offline, we have plans to use this ourselves and for some of our clients. So uh, we're excited to, to dive into this uh, a lot more. And we do, again, appreciate you uh, sharing your knowledge with uh, our audience here. So thanks again for joining Alex. Thanks, Taylor. All right, so if you enjoyed this episode, here are five things that you could do to help us. Number one, make sure you click that subscribe button so you never miss another show. Number two, share this with a friend that you know needed to hear this. And three, leave us a comment. We love hearing your thoughts, your ideas, things that you've learned so others can learn from you. And four, if you have a topic that you'd like us to cover, let us know so we can put that in our notes and share our insight All right, for our next episode or the one after that. And finally, you guys, join other growth marketers, head over to oneims.com and check out all the resources that we have made just for you. I'm talking guides, webinars, blogs, videos, anything that could help you become a growth marketer. All right. So thanks a lot for joining us this week on the Growth Marketers Podcast, and I will see you next time.